something that you can write or circle, you can do some circling. Pick out things to talk about in each one. Just a warning is that some, you know, a lot of this is conjecture. About the, the wise man. The wise man is not necessarily a bad term. Uh, putting king there is, is, is a no good term. They weren't kings. Uh, we'll talk about them here very shortly. So we'll just, you follow along, and I will tell you what I, what I know about this particular passage. And, you know, because there is such a wide uh, range of views there, you're certainly welcome to disagree with them. Most of it's just coming from what I've heard and learned over the years. Whether it's, you know, I don't, um, certainly not a fellowship breaking thing because there's so many different different opinions. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, we'll talk both, about both of those in a little bit. Wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. All right, verse 1, you want to circle, of course, wise men. Better. Better name is Magi. What's the most famous Magi that we know? We don't have any names. There, there, there probably was more than three. Daniel was a, a head Magi, you know. Uh, so you can't say that these are all guys. Of course, that was 400, 500 years before this. So a lot of time has passed since Daniel. Uh, so the Magi actually go back predate even even Daniel. So we don't they don't have a clue how many years before that this group of guys uh, developed this particular strange group uh, science slash religious cult or whatever you want to call it developed. But it was obviously there in in the time of Daniel. Uh, it survived, and, and you know now we have in in, in today's lesson. You know, uh, they studied the stars in a religious sense. They weren't, you know, they weren't, you know, like some of the stuff you get in you see today. Uh, they weren't Jewish, and they had obviously they probably had some. They could you might could have if you did a blood test, you might could find Jewish blood in. And some of these guys, uh, there was a religion that developed called Zoroastrianism, which was a one God religion, not our God, but and so they were kind of monotheistic in that sense. They didn't believe in all these other other gods. Uh, they were generally very important people. In uh, uh, some, a lot of the commentaries, uh, they were king makers uh, that. Uh, they would have to kind of be the Senate. They'd have to vote on They'd get together and they would approve somebody to become king. Most of the, we're talking the Persian, Babylonian area. You look on the back of your, your, on your map, you know, you know, Babylon and Ur and, and Susa down in that area. So this is the, this is the area. Uh, I even heard that they, they were further east even into India, but I had never heard that one on me. Uh, but nevertheless, they were mythical, and they're not mythical, they mystical, that's a better term. Uh, well, they had a lot, it was just a mixture of, of a lot of things. Uh, they obviously, you know, there's two, uh, 
uh, two, two questions is what they knew and what they didn't know. Uh, they, obviously, they knew some stuff to end up where they and what they were doing, uh, but there was other things that, that they didn't know. So it was a, a, a mixture, but these are very uh, generally well-to-do guys, very powerful people uh, that were watching for, that had some knowledge of <laughs> Scripture. Because when this, uh, you know, this group went, they, they had had to know something. So, magi, of course, evolved in the word magician. It's actually a can't even pronounce Margot or something. There was another preterm for even that before they started calling a magi. That you know how terms get corrupted and end up being like magi end up being magician. So there's another term they end up being magi, which evolved in the magician. So, but these are. Uh, these are important people, and uh, uh, God is going to influence their actions here for them to do what we've got in the scriptures today. Uh, of course, it says the east over there on your map. That's the eastern part. Uh, uh, so, verse two, saying, "Where you know they came to Jerusalem." Now they kind of missed the mark a little bit. So, one thing they didn't what, and we got it right down here. Matthew wrote down in verse six. Uh, what did they not know? Obviously, they didn't really know Micah 5 2 because where did they end up? Jerusalem. In Jerusalem. Yeah. So they missed Bethlehem's four to six miles away from Jerusalem. I, I'm getting all kind of different mileage every time I see it, but it's five, or five miles, give or take a mile or so, uh, from Jerusalem. So they didn't miss it much. You figure out all of, as far as they came. You got the map, that's just one idea. That's where most people, if you were traveling from Babylonia or Ur, you wouldn't go straight across the map because that's the desert. So you, you went up along the river where things were green and you had water, and eventually you got to some place and you hung a left through Damascus and came on down to Jerusalem. That was your, your trade route. And, of course, with that desert there in Arabia, that's what made Israel... The land of Judea is such an important land. You had to, you know, if you want to go from Egypt to Syria, those you had to go through that particular. So it was a very big trade route there. Uh, so they come to Jerusalem, verse two, saying, "Where is he who has been born the King of the Jews? For we have seen a star in the east and have come to worship him." All right, circle King of the Jews. So that's a that would fall into a category of what they did know. <laughs> Uh, somehow through their scriptures and God's dealing with these guys, uh, Isaiah probably, uh, some something that uh, some scriptures that now let's say they had Jewish influence, and some of they had they had in, intertwined some Jewish religion into all this of the rapturism. So it was a mixture. It's a strange group of beliefs, uh, but they, they they knew there was a king and. Uh, they have come to Jerusalem to, to find him. Okay? And then it says, well, we've seen this star. So star would be the, the next one. You can look on Facebook and just about every day somebody has saying that Jupiter and a couple of other planets are lining up. On the 21st. No. It just doesn't really fit the, the scenario here uh, of it being... Doesn't mean it's not. God can do with the planet. He can move them around however He wants to have. Uh, and it's, it's really not that in, in the sense. In the long run, it's not 
I mean, not worth arguing over. They saw a star. They had done, they were stu They were watching. Obviously, somebody was watching. And when this happened, through God's blessing, they recognized that this star had a significant impact on this king of the Jews. Okay. Yes? Is that really the star of Bethlehem? Is that the original name of it? It uh, doesn't say. It just says star here. Well, right now they said something on the news, or it was a thing in the newspaper about this is the time of the year when it is aligning up with the moon in some way, and it'd be another 80 years before it would happen. Now, is that now, true? It probably, astrological truth. Now, whether it's the star of Bethlehem, I doubt it. Because oh. you're going to find out in this, I hate to get ahead of myself, but I guess the star, they, they lose the star. <laughs> Okay, star goes away. You just kind of have to read between the lines. They end up in Jerusalem because just a little bit, it's going to say the star did what? It led them right to Jesus' house. Well, they missed it by six. If they had had the star, they would have gone to his house. But anyway, it, by the time they left and when they heard it and got there, they were going on what they, what they knew and only what they knew. So they had to come to Jerusalem uh, and of course, circle worship him. That's, this is probably the biggest thing of all. You got three groups of people in this story. You got the evil one, that's Herod. You got the disinterested, interested ones, the uncaring bunch. <laughs> we'll see them. Then you got the worshipers. Okay, these guys have come for a particular particular reason. And that's to worship Jesus. Now, okay. So, who was king in Jerusalem at that time? Verse three. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Circle Herod. Sue is my Herod expert. He was not a Jew. He was a Edomite. Edomite. Uh, he's, he's by this time a basket case. <laughs> he's a nut. He has killed sons and wives, and he has uh, just in a very short period of time, he's going to put all the powerful people in prison. And when he dies, with he lead, he left orders to kill every one of them so that somebody would cry when he died. They didn't do that, fortunately, but nevertheless, he's, he's a nut by this time. He's, a, he's 60 years old. He is known as a builder. I mean, 20, 30 years, he had rebuilt. Oh, he just built lots of stuff. Uh, he was a great builder. Uh, he did he did have a time he was a peace, even though he was a dictator roof. You know, he, he, for a short, you know, when he was younger, uh, he even though he was, like I say, he was a dictator, things, the people had a good, end, you know, they got along with the Romans, so it was a time of uneasy peace, you might say. But by now, he's crazy, okay? And you got these guys. Now, how many wise men were there? You don't really know. By the At least two. So how big an entourage, and they probably did not ride camels. You just, you didn't, you you on that thing, the map on the back. Do you see any desert that they're going through? 
The only time you'd want to ride a camel, that ungately beast, is when it was necessary for the ship of the desert to cross. Well, do you see any desert? That's not desert in that line. So chances are they were riding horses and mute donkeys or whatever. Okay, so now they may have had some camels, but like I say, camel is not the most comfortable predator. You don't want to ride a camel unless it's absolutely necessary. So camels were probably not involved. They were probably, according to two or three of the people I listened to, you're talking hundreds if not thousands in this entourage. You had these very famous, very wealthy guys who would have an escort of armed men to, because you're talking about we're going to see some money here, wealthy men traveling. You're not having three guys alone in the desert with that kind of, they, it was probably in the hundreds at minimum. So you're haired, and all these guys show up at your doorstep saying, where's the king of the Jews? <laughs> Why was Herod troubled? Yeah. Who's supposed to be, the, in his mind, who's king of the Jews? Well, Herod is, yeah. Herod is. So you got these guys coming, well, where's the, the king we're of the Jews? We're here to see your replacement. You know, you already, <laughs> you're, I mean, you killed sons and daughters for, uh, not daughters, but wives for, you know, thinking they're going to take over your throne. Now you've got these very influential guys showed up. And of course, he, uh, there is conflict between Rome and the East over there. Now Rome has conquered, the, but there's always, this is, they had battles, hadn't had a battle in a while. In fact, there's no king, nobody in charge over in the East. And this is maybe one of the reasons why they, they went, hey, we've got a king, the Lord has, we've got this inspiration that this king is coming. We don't have a king, we want to get out from underneath Rome. That may have been part of the, the incentive incentive to go. But you got King Herod, <laughs> and you got these rich guys, all these guys. And I say, if just three guys had shown up, that would be that big a deal. But you've got this large, and you just put in your mind, if you've got a whole bunch of people show up in doorsteps, that's a little bit more upsetting than if just three guys showed up. Okay, and of course the last part of that verse 3 is all Jerusalem with him. Now, here's a guy who's been killing people. They're, they know that Herod is getting to be nuts and they're, the time of peaceful thing is over. And the transition here, he's old and they're, they're upset. Any questions so far? Alright. And when he gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was, was to, to be born. And so they, okay, they, circle they, remember the three groups I was talking about? Got verse 6, no, 5, so they, circle they. Who is they? That's the disinterested. Well, I can't want one. I can't say disinterested. The uncaring bunch. Somebody else is not even think of that. Who is they? Well, he, he says, yeah. this priest and, and scribes. Okay. The wise men didn't know where the king of the Jews was. Herod didn't know where the king of the Jews was. But who, through their studies, knew where the king of the Jews was? Because it tells them, got there in verse 6. Micah 5 2. They went, they probably didn't have to do a whole lot of looking since they had studied Micah before. They said, Where? In Bethlehem. Yeah. So. 
you, you would think you got to, and they know that this this big entourage shows up in town. <laughs> the town knows that you've got, you know, outside the, the gates out there, you've got a thousand Persians of, you know, Easterners camped out out there with probably, you know, they you see these, when you see the pictures, they're wearing these nice robes or whatever. But, I mean, you've got a bunch of rich guys camped outside. The whole town knew they, they were there. But how excited did the chief priest and the scribes get about these guys showing up? We don't have anything else about them here. You'd think, hey, that ought to be interesting. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with them to see. Yeah, exactly. You know, the king of the Jews, this this person. They didn't do that. They just, they just weren't in it and didn't care. Uh, so you got a guy wanting to kill Jesus later. And the ones that don't care about about Jesus, and then of course you got the worshippers. You know, you know. I don't want to read into it, but I can't help it with verse four. It's almost like it's almost comical. It's like, uh, why do you need all these people to give you such an easy answer? You know, you would think that he could just say, "Hey, you know, chief priest." because they're kind of in this thing together. I mean, he's built them a big, pretty temple. Uh, well, they're, I guess by the reckoning of uh, John 2, he's 16 years into building the temple at this point. So he's, he's earning, I guess, some kind of relationship with the high priest who is helping keep the people in line, probably also funding part of Herod's shenanigans. Why is it taking the entire, it looks like, the entire guild of people working down at the temple to give him an answer and I know it's not quite as easy as, you know, hey, Ellen, pull out your King James Bible and tell us about Micah 5, too. But it's, it's how is this such a hard thing for them to find? It's not like they have a hundred books in the Old Testament. And it's like we all got to get them together and find this easy answer. Supposedly, the hope that they've been looking forward to. They, they, they seem like they're, they've lost interest completely. Maybe they didn't have it readily available. Well, I, I, would, I would hope that. I would hope that this would be something that readily available or not, that they would have committed to memory that when the Messiah comes, we're going to find him in Bethlehem. I mean, it just almost looks like they had to have a recess to get together at the local library and find the answer. And it's embarrassing. <laughs> okay, I'm verse, embarrassed for him. Verse 7, when Herod is, he secretly calls the wise men. Okay, now he wants the secret information. Determined from them what time the star appeared. So they had had some kind of, they could say, hey, you know, 12 months ago or 11, 10 months ago, you know, we began to see the, the star. And uh, you know, it was a holy, it was a, you know, a holy thing that this star is about. God set that star and their action uh, into motion with the star. So he's, he's find out. <laughs> he's finding out information, not for good. But for for evil. All right. Of course, he sent them to Bethlehem. You can circle Bethlehem now. City of David, uh, a royal uh, priesthood, uh, line of David. Very, you know, uh, who else? Uh, what other person? Well, there's more than one. But I mean, oh, what happened in Bethlehem? Well, that's where you know Jesse lived, and then his yeah. what his grandfather Boaz, Ruth, and. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So it's it's an important little city, then. It's yep. a royal type. It's a it's known as the royal you know, lineage of David city. Okay, so hmm. here's here's this Rachel's evil guy <laughs> mm-hmm. sending sending them to uh, now the the wise men know where they need to go, and so. Uh, he tells them, go and search carefully for the young child, and when you found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. You think that's uh, he's being truthful? Then? That is not absolutely the last thing in his mind. And we see that in a little bit. Okay, then it gets, then it gets good. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them. This man is coming. Now, does it have to be... You're talking five miles? How long does it take to walk five miles? Not, not whole long. Even with a lot of folks, it, you could do it easily in, in a few hours. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. So does it have to be dark for the storm? So that's where you... Did they wait till night to, <laughs> to go so the star would shine in the particular place? It, it doesn't matter. And they leave and they see the star... And in verse 10, it says, when they saw the star, so now, you know, this star is this holy star, this special star of whatever it was, God's glory, uh, rejoice with exceeding great joy. Now, why would they do that? You ever think about what, I say, you just, we just, you, you read this and you just read right through it. Here's a bunch of guys from 800 miles away, I think that's 400, I don't remember. It's a long way off, a month or two journey at least, so it's a, a good way. And they saw the star there, remember? That's obviously it disappeared on them. Because now we've got, hey, the star has come back, and they're happy about it. It's kind of made a confirmation of what they had, had done, who knows, months, months before. Okay? And when they came into the house, of course, not a manger scene. Do we know how long it's been? We go back up to verse 1. It says, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem. So how long has it been since Jesus was born and now to show up at the house? We don't know. We don't know. Well, pretty sure, you just said two or three years? Mm-hmm. Pretty sure it's not three. Um, you would think, you know, I'm, maybe you were getting to it. That's why I keep looking at you. I'd, you know, over, over in verse 16, Herod... When the wise men, you know, do not return to Jerusalem, and Joseph and Mary bolt for Egypt, uh, Herod goes after two-year-olds and under. So he's probably playing it safe to make sure he gets them. So probably not three, and probably not two. I thought that the times they got there, that Mary and Joseph had already had a house. They did. And the wise men, that's what it says. They got out. They got out of the manger scene. It's been the So they're in a house. Now the one, uh, one, uh, somebody, I don't even remember which which one, and it may have been years ago of study. Uh, the, the star that they, it's possible that the star that the wise men saw, the holy light thing, was the night that Jesus was, you know, that when Jesus was born. Remember what happened with the shepherds. 
the, uh, that's a big, uh, the term of the, the God's glory appearing to the shepherds. That very well could have been the same holy, you know, and they saw it. Well, okay, they saw it. We need to go, so they got everything together. They took the two or three month journey. Okay, by that time, Mary and Joseph are out of the, the manger scene and into a house. Have you, you, you've been to Bethlehem, right? Yes. Okay, I have not. Uh, could you describe the the terrain? It's, uh, it's actually a little, I think, it has a little valley. Uh, it's got a little indention in it, but it's, a, it's on top of it. Jerusalem's on the hill, and Bethlehem's over here. It's just kind of rugged, rock, rock. They've got a few pastures. One, well, they got more than a few. But, I mean, it's a typical, very treeless, got a few trees on the mountain type thing. Is it well, when you say it's hilly, though, it's, it's hilly. Very well, hilly. What I'm envisioning, Jake tells us when he was in that, almost, it's so funny, he got in the Air Force, he didn't have to go to school, and then he got a job where he had a year-long school in it. And uh, so he's down at uh, Mississippi going to meteorology school, and he talks about the celestial canopy. You know, it kind of rotates, and everything is where it belongs at different times of the year. So... Uh, the nature of it is that sometimes stars in their place with the rest of the canopy slide below the horizon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's thought of, and I think it works well here, that the reason that they stopped off for directions in Jerusalem is because the star dipped below the horizon. Mm-hmm. And it makes a lot of sense if Bethlehem is somewhat elevated from the valley, if the star rests over the place where Jesus is, over the house where he is, well, it doesn't have to be. Cause I was when I was a kid, I always envisioned a star that's localized right above the house. Yeah. But it could be as they're traveling to Bethlehem, the star, you know, a house that's up on a hill or whatever, and the star is down towards the horizon of that hill, and they can just follow them almost directly to the house. That's that's interesting. Well, I mean, and you, you pick your stuff apart. Sure. This is not a big town by by any means. But they went to the. They found that did it have Jesus lives here on the road. <laughs> Marquee, you know, you know, blue light flashing or whatever. They they hit the right spot. Yeah. Okay, and again, uh, you got lots. If you envision this entourage, now again the the most of the soldiers and the the caretakers of the animals and the critters probably stayed outside. But you still had a. A group of men, could have been one, two men, three men, ten men, twenty, twenty guys, and they show up in probably what is a very small house. I mean, they just didn't have mansions back in those days. Uh, and so they, they, they get to the right spot. That's, so they're in, in, and they said they saw the young child with Mary's mother, and they fell down and worshipped him, circled him. Now we know, let's see, Matthew was written in Aramaic or Greek? Uh, there's actually rumors in all directions. Uh, Hebrew is even, uh, Papias in the 2nd century said that it was the gospel written in Hebrew. So it's, I don't know, it's hard to tell them. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> One guy made a big deal out of, he, they didn't bow down and worship Mary. Of course, he's talking about yeah. the Catholics. How true. You know, and they didn't, you know he, when they're focused, they get their focus is on this baby, baby who. Baby, baby Jesus. Okay, they knew when they went in the door through God's leadership where the King of the Jews was. And 
he was the baby in a crib or baby Mary holding the baby. Mary's name is mentioned here. Uh, Joseph doesn't get a mention here, but <laughs> he gets mentioned a little, a little bit later. He's got his own important thing to do. Okay. You know, when you talk about the crew that's traveling with them, I like what you said about there being potentially hundreds. Because if I'm picturing a caravan traveling, uh, these the, the kings, however many there were, let's just for fun say there was three, they're probably not the first three animals in line. They probably have some people going ahead of them and looking for a baby, you know, in town. And how they found. Yeah. They're not, they're not so secret service. I mean, if you're going to notice it from, and I mean, yeah. is it the is it the wise men, the magi knocking on the door? Is there a baby in here? We saw us. Yeah. So I think there's a good chance they had some people going before yeah. them. Into, yeah. God is working this out. I mean, this yeah. is all, all part of the, the plan here for these yeah. guys to show up. And really, we're getting to the, the other than for us today to know that there were pagans. Yeah. So you had these, you had this evil guy, non-Jew Herod. You had the Jews who weren't interested. I used a different term there. I exactly. Say, and then you had Gentiles, pagans, strange guys show up. And who worships the King of the Jews? It's these guys that are doing. It's you know us. We we are to search and find Jesus today and worship Him when when we do find Him. And they all us you know hundreds of miles. The configuration—that's not the configuration or whatever they call it. Everything is rolling for them to be at the right place at, at the right time. Okay, and really, and you don't—we don't hardly ever think about it. It's the last part of the verse eleven. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him: gold, frankincense, and, and myrrh. Why would Matthew mention? Why would Matthew even include the story? It's the only one that's got the story in it. Yeah. Of course, Matthew is his goal is to show the Messiah. Mm-hmm. So this is where we get three kings, three things, you know, three sure. whatever. But sure, that's just matching up. Mm-hmm. Gold is certainly royalty. Mm-hmm. Frankincense would be what? Y'all know what frankincense is? Essential oil. <laughs> That's what you say. Oh yeah, probably not that. Uh, if, yeah, not frankincense. Frankincense is mingled with sacrifices. Yeah, Leviticus. A, they burn. You burn frankincense yeah. for the aroma. Okay, but it was a spiritual thing. Uh, you burn frankincense or some kind of incense in Brittany the temple proud. to raise to God nostrils. God yeah. to okay. So this would be your spiritual, you know, you got the royalty, you got the spiritual thing. Now you get to myrrh. Myrrh is uh, was used for burial purposes, so you've got the human, the, the, the death death part here. So myrrh is for a funeral, why'd they bring it? Good question. But my What a great question. That's a great question. Does it smell good or something? No, it does smell good. Expensive. It does. Yeah. Well, certainly can be representative. We can look at it from what God wanted us 2,000 years. Here comes the gold of royalty. Here comes the spiritual incense. 
and here comes the humanness slash death of Jesus. Okay? Well, just going back to what Bill said, if this is part of the sacrifice, hey, guess who was sacrificed? Mm-hmm. I like the point you're driving home, though, that they're bringing a foreshadow of his burial. Yeah. And he, you know, yeah. and he's one, one and a half years old. I don't, I don't Well, and then the incense, too, would be a foreshadowing of his, of the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they burn that when, yeah. yeah. Also for sacrifice. Yeah. There is, there is a. Those are all in good things, but there is a simple reason, another reason that they brought this stuff. Okay, and it's sometimes we we yes, there are spiritual. These are significant things. Joseph was the. They was a carpenter from Nazareth, wife, young wife probably. They weren't wealthy. Mm-hmm. What does the situation have to have when they fled to Egypt and even when they came back out? This is where God we God takes care of us. We're not to worry, be concerned overall about what's going to happen to us. If we believe that God will take care of us, He's going to take care of us. You either believe it or you don't. You, your food will be provided and all that's been promised. They needed money. <laughs> These are expensive things, okay, that allowed Joseph and Mary to live in, in Egypt. And when they, and like I say, yes, I don't want to overlook the spiritual implications of it, but these were physical, physical treasures that would help support them while they they were able to get out and and survive. That is that odd saying, you know. That, you know. I mean, even in this, you talk about gold. That's easily, but hmm. frankincense was just as expensive as gold, maybe even more. Myrrh is the most valuable of the three. A pound of myrrh was worth hundred times a pound of gold. <laughs> so I mean, you got ex- things that they could. Yes, they're, but they also can use to for their physical being when when they fixing to pack up and and get out of town here pretty quick. Yeah, I'll just bet you that this was not some kind of lunchable portion. It, was, uh, it must have been. I mean, if these are kingmakers for a king, they they were generous. This would have been a big deal. Okay. Hmm. Uh, verse 12, that was almost in, in divine, being divinely hmm. born in a dream. So, if you go back to the beginning, God has divined them to see the star and end up in Bethlehem, there is a connection with these guys between these Gentiles with the Holy God. We know that Joseph got born in a dream. Here, these guys got warning and drink. Hey, Herod's an evil guy. Don't go back to him. And so they left town. They didn't even go back to. They didn't go down the same highway. They picked it. We don't know how they got back, but they got out of town, and uh, things progressed. So we got this group of guys, pagans, Gentiles, that God used to tell us the story today. I I wonder. 
uh, I wonder if this was the same uh, tra trade uh, spice trading spice trader spice traders trail spice route trading route into Egypt that Joseph uh, traveled back in Genesis 37 when they took him into Egypt. That's interesting. I don't know if there's something that the Holy Spirit is, you know, conveying there. But then also, you know, when they left Egypt in Exodus 12, they left with all kinds of riches. And here and here you have, you know, Christ, the ultimate Moses, going back to Egypt. So there's just so many amazing things. It's in Numbers 24, 17. Yeah. You talk about a pagan noticing a star. Mm -hmm. There's a Balaamite, you know, a Moabite prophet. Named after a god named Baal, who talks about the star. And forgive me for being silly, but Moab and Edom, same thing? Same area? Uh, no, they're close. Uh, they're real close. Yeah, I believe they're on the same side of the Jordan. Right? They are, yeah. yeah. But Edom is way down. And um, I guess, isn't it kind of where we would expect lower Jordan? Yeah, and Moab is north of that on uh, yeah. on the northeast side of the Dead Sea. Yeah. yeah. And because of um, famine, Herod's grandfather moved him over to south. And did you know that Edomia is the Greek word for Edom? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. I I just in these readings I have found lots of interesting, you know, little tidbits like that. Anyway, they went over, and um, whoever was the priest in charge, I can't remember who was the priest in charge that time, that made all the Edomites convert to uh, Judaism. And they made them be circumcised and made them all weak and all that. And, and that caused hard feelings. I would imagine. <laughs> well, yeah. Anyway. That's great stuff.